You're listening to the Rubbish Trip Podcast. Two no-waste nomads talk trash with people in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Laura Kitty Cope is the creator, founder, driving force extraordinaire of Yuyo Cafe Directory, formerly Yuyok. So Yuyo stands for Use Your Own. It's a non-profit cafe directory that Laura launched in late 2017 after seeing both David Attenborough and Jane Goodall in February 2017. The Yuyo directory showcases New Zealand hospo businesses committed to encouraging customers to BYO cups, containers, bowls, cutlery, instead of expecting and accepting single-use disposables. Although Yuyo was initially focused on encouraging reusable coffee cups, the searchable directory goes way beyond that, sporting a range of badges that cafes can earn to allow the public to see the awesome eco-conscious things they're doing, be that accepting BYO cups or containers, offering a discount to customers that BYO, having responsible food waste practices, willingly refilling personal water flasks for customers and non-customers alike, and so on and so forth. Behind the scenes of Yuyo, Laura works tirelessly to support cafes, communities and institutions to ditch single-use disposables. In this podcast, we chat with Laura about what motivates her to give a damn about busting wastefulness, her particular approach to calling out single-use behaviour, the trials and tribulations of offering a service for free, and whether a world without disposable cups is even possible. A couple of things to note before you listen on. First, this podcast involves a fair amount of swearing, so do prepare yourself. Second, when we sat down to chat with Laura a few weeks ago, Yuyo was still called Yuyok, use your own cup. Now it's use your own without the cup. The name change occurred on 5th of July, so every time you hear Yuyok in this podcast, just imagine you're hearing Yuyo instead. So we started off by asking Laura to give us a quick elevator pitch explaining what Yuyok is for the casual noob who may not have heard of it yet. So this is an interesting part of Yuyok, which I stumble with when I'm my time's limited. And defining what I do is part of what I do. I think we've chatted before, Hannah, about when I started Yuyok up, I, I tried specifically to set it up as if I'm closing my eyes. So imagine I was 10 years old and I was starting a club without badges probably and I wasn't going to do a business plan I wasn't going to do a mission statement I wasn't going to talk to my accountant I was just going to try and start something and try every day to shoot from the hip be flexible be reactionary not answer to anyone make it like my club I'm 10 I don't have any mates so I can do what I want to do um And which I thought, you know, when you're 10, that's a bit sad. But when you're older, that's quite an empowering position. So as so what New York actually is, I mean, it's like, okay, right, how am I going to find some kind of platform to engage with an inherently wasteful industry that is a good starting point to change a mindset? So I'm like, okay, let's do HOSPO. That's got some room to maneuver. And reducing waste can be have economic value as well to, to the industry. So then I'm like, okay, I'll start a cafe guide and I'll try and use the elements of that guide to suggest change or to suggest that customers are engaged in looking for cafes and businesses that will provide them with an opportunity to change. So that was all good. But then I'm like, oh, I could start up an Instagram and we can make that a little bit feisty and I can use that as a sort of business card to reach cafes. But then 
can maybe go on some crusades with that and connect with other communities and groups and bloggers. And, and then I'm like, well, I need to give some advice and resources because I've got this Instagram and that's talking to people. I've got the cafe guide. So let's kind of build that up and give some advice for hospitality and individuals through that. And then when that kind of started, you end up meeting people and connecting with people and you think, well, we start, I decided to be a not-for-profit as well. So um, any funds that I get in after a free year with the cafes, they, they can volunteer to pay $100 for future services. goes into the kitty that I kind of steal from myself to put in as well. So I'm like, right, I've now got this amazing forum where I can reach out and have a way to open the door. If I just phone up and say, hi, I'm Laura, I don't really get anywhere. But if I'm from the use your own cafe guide, I'm, I'm kind of official. So now for me, I spend quite a lot of my time as well as supporting my cafes on social media, get, trying to get them in the press and applaud what they're doing. Um, keeping my ear out for any kind of opportunity where I can go in as like a neutral party and connect people who can go on a kind of journey together, working with farmers markets, working with universities, working with people like you guys, any way where, where I can use you York as a vehicle to get stuff done. So it's, that was a kind of convoluted answer. So I'm a cafe guide. <laughs> <laughs> that's the right way around yeah, yeah. Cool that way. yeah well because did you feel a little bit like oh you kind of had to have this front that's the cafe guide yeah it's something that people can understand and engage with but actually yeah. it's way more than a cafe guide yeah it was it was a front and it was also a way of kind of like i decided to be a business on a registered charity and not just because i was lazy with the accounts process but because as well to get that kind of credibility and to work within an existing structure, which like straight up, hand, both hands in the air, I don't agree with. I'd like to go back in time 2,000 years at least and say, right, this is a shit way of doing business. Let's face it on something else. But if I'm working within this kind of Western economic system, if I'm a business and I'm a limited company, then immediately there's, there's like, okay, we recognize you. You know, you're not too left field for us. You're going to be trying to make some money so we can deal together. The fact that I'm not making any fucking money and I don't care about that <laughs> is sort of, is down the line. It gives me a way in to talk in an accessible language when you first touch base. If I'm talking to a coffee roaster or, or even a packaging company, if I phone up and I'm from a charity, they, they switch off. And if I phone up as, you know, some kind of a reactionary revolutionary, they tend to switch off. So I was like, well, I need something that can be a vehicle to do good that's familiar, but then also allows me to branch off into, well, we've got like, I think we've got like 12 buttons with like what the cafes will provide. So each one of those buttons means I can go, whoo, off into that area of composting and, and trying to work on that. Or I can go over there into pay it forwards, or I can go over there into reusables or mug libraries and yeah, yeah. Creating. And also, you know, being honest, it was a way for me to launder my good fortune. Like I'm 46. I'm white middle class. I've come from like a great life. I have a good profession and a, a stable relationship with a partner who's happy for me to take all our money that we don't need for like food in our belly or if one of us needs a kidney and put it into something to make me feel that I'm paying back for which I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful to have what I have, even though I've worked hard for it and I'm grateful to live in New Zealand. Okay. So it's, it's sort of like a karmic payback for me as well, which is why when I get up in the morning and I'm super tired, I'm like, no, I owe, I owe this to this country that's let me in. Mm. Awesome. And do you keep your profession a secret? Is that confidential? Or can we ask you? I'm a secret. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was something amazing on Instagram today by the guys at Organic Mechanic and Graydon, Ed Not Made on Insta, is that 
him and his partner and they're just my heroes and it was something along the line of like you know we're, we're so overexposed that the, the most power you have or something is to keep yourself a mystery and though I'm really crap at that because like you know I talk about my bathroom habits when we first picked up the phone that <laughs> idea of not divulging yourself not to you know not to make yourself like oh who do they think they are but just to yeah to keep the focus on on like what you want it to be on rather than yeah, yeah I, I don't know I, I've got some thinking to do on that but it, it struck me this morning as something quite pertinent these days yeah cool that is really interesting your thoughts around you know making it a business rather than a charity and and the kinds of reactions that you know have you had that in the past you know trying to approach people to to sort of advance a cause coming from mm. a different standpoint you because that's I mean that there could be a lot of really great learning for different community groups and, and people mm. wanting to set something up, but trying yeah. to find the best way to have credibility and, and get cut through. Yeah, it's, um, I, I spent a lot of time before I moved out into New Zealand working with NGOs. I worked for a group in Australia, um, Austro the Australian Tropical Research Facility, who are based in the Daintree, and they were a registered tra charity and a not-for-profit. I went there as a volunteer and ended up staying for years and years. And it was something that we always came, we always came up against. And it happens in life anyway. If you want a job, you don't get the job. If you're not really that fast, mm. then you have this natural confidence or this air of nonchalance that, that people, especially in what we perceive to be authority, pick up on. You know, you're like, yeah, you'll be good in my team because you don't care. Like you, you've already got your shit together. <laughs> and that's kind of what I thought about. I mean, I, I know when people call me, if someone knocks on my door and they want to talk to me about, oh, if they're a Mormon group or if they're Jehovah's Witness, or they're this, I'm like, I come from a Jewish background, so I'm like, I'm Jewish, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> but come in and have a cup of tea, you know. But I'm aware from talking to them that the door closes because of not what they're trying to say in their message, but because they're a stereotype of the background. If you're a charity, if you're a religious group, if you're whatever, people will perceive either you want to take from them or you have something which they deem to be fanatical that you're going to push on them you, you weigh it up don't you because what what should be happening is if you're supporting a charity or a non-profit you should have more credibility because you're putting your own time in and you're not doing it for economic gain but again in, in the world that we're living at the moment we still need to be i think a part of that you know and i don't mind mm -hmm. if i need to put the equivalent of a suit or tie on to get change to happen then i'll, I'll, I'll wear what the hell you want yeah. with immoral reasons I'll do anything to get the job done hey mm. but on the on the flip side too with the support that you provide for cafes the first year is free mm. and then it's a hundred dollars after that if they're gonna pay and but you mm. provide a lot of stuff for free and you also do a lot of giveaways and you give away free stuff and we've talked mm. before about how sometimes people are a bit bamboozled about that and think well what's yeah. the you know and, and we've it's certainly okay. noticed yeah with the rubbish trip because we do everything for free, pretty much. Mm. It's kind of the same thing, that people don't really know what to make of it. Like, even though we're not a charity either, and nor are you, there's still yeah. that thing of... You. you find that in the street, right? If you offer to help someone, or you offer to pay someone's coffee or something, or if they don't have their wallet, you're like, I'll pick up your shopping for you. That almost terrified moment of distrust. There's probably some huge anthropological, biological reason why we feel that way. Like if we're not having to fight for it, is it a trap? Are you going to stop me reproducing genetically? Is something yeah. back going to happen? I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah, definitely with, with getting cafes to list with us, 
And they, what I didn't understand either, because I'm mean, the only hospital experience I've had has been like waiting tables and pouring coffees. I hadn't been involved in a management level and I didn't realize how many times they get approached each month from cafe guides, from marketing people, from packaging people saying, hey, we've got this amazing thing for you. I always assume that I'm the only one. <laughs> and that, you know, I like that in life in general. It's just like you talk to more people and like when I close my eyes, just, you're like, you're still there. Um, yeah. Issue, obviously I had a weird childhood but but like yeah trying to show your goodness amongst like you know 30 emails asking join our club and then there's other groups around based on sustainability and promoting reusables and in hospitality which demand quite a large fee and I don't know that they give as much back so that kind of like makes it harder when you turn up and you're genuinely trying to be altruistic people are like, oh yeah free year then what you're gonna take my credit card I was like no dude credit cards aren't my thing hey I don't believe in that kind of three percent and I don't want you giving your money to companies that are invested in mining and, and landmines yeah. and shit like we're staying away from that like all, all the way all the way through trying to be again 10 right these are my ethics these are my morals i'm not going to ask someone else to compromise that but yeah when you say that it's free and then and then after a year the invoice that goes out says and you've had your free year it's been amazing please stay if you can afford to pay this it's 100 plus plus gst if you can't just respond with a no we don't even want your excuse we don't want your apology it's your voluntary contribution that i will put back in that process has been really strange. We've had two cafes, only two leave us after a year because they don't feel right for staying for nothing, but they don't feel like they can afford to stay. Mm. And that totally spun me out. Like even after a sort of like reassurance of me saying, no, but really we have other, you know, we have other businesses that you can provide us love and value if it's a, a karmic balance thing for you somehow. You can, you know, share our Instagram posts or, you know, just say something nice. No, no, we don't feel right taking if we can't pay, if we can't pay it. So that's the sort of like an in, turned it on me. I don't know. Have you guys been in situations where someone's offered you something for free? I had it in Taste Nature the other day. It's, a guy came up to me to ask me questions about why I was refilling my laundry powder. And he's an older guy and was really interested in the pros and cons. Then when I went to leave, he came up to the counter and said to the barista, I'd like to buy a coffee for this lady and her daughter to thank her for the time. It shook me, hey. Then it made my right eye cry, like totally just bawled my eyes out in the camera. Oh. But yeah, I, I did have that. I did have that moment of like, are you going to follow me home? <laughs> 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 you know but we, I guess do you think it's because of do you think that that hesitance like for cafes and businesses to just accept the gift and the goodness and the freeness is because we've come from like two three generations who are raised not to talk not to accept things from strangers mm. I don't know like I wonder if it goes back to what you were saying before about charities and people think you know like you might be fanatical and it's that same thing that nobody does anything for nothing kind of mentality. Mm. Mm, mm. Like I, I am fanatical, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all, Laura? <laughs> I know. But that's, I guess that's the, yeah, just kind of thinking through it now. That's interesting because I, I assume that their distrust would come from the fact that they thought I was lying, that I was trying to tie them into something and then in 12 yeah. months' time somehow I would, I would drain their credit card. So my kid used to play like a Disney game club Penguin when she was five. I still can't fucking work out how to cancel the membership. <laughs> 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 like you know like you have to go to this loop and then this loop and then yeah. this chat forum and then this button and you're like oh shit you're just yeah. you're taking $3.51 off of me every month and I can't find out how to stop you yeah <laughs> as soon as you give them your email address so they sell it to all the advertisers eh? and then you're stuck. then they 
Okay, you too. And I was, I was, I was thinking it was something like, I was thinking it was something like that. But that's something that I haven't taken on, Hannah. Is that is that thinking? Perhaps they're like, oh, she's fanatical, and we don't maybe want to be in this gang. We don't want to wear that sign just in case. Or, and of course, with with hospitality industry, the relationship with roaster and packaging is quite a, an intimate one. We've had some cafes ask us, you know, oh, we'd like to join you, but you know, we do use this packaging. Is it still okay if we're with you? And I was like, yeah, dude. I just want to shift the majority. I want to shift, you know, and it will save you money and you're not doing bad by your roaster. If they're providing your packaging, we can still give them love. But at the end of the day and try to get that really quickly, which is why I turned from like some jumping, silly, happy puppy into like, but really fuck that shit. We're in really big trouble Mm. and you need to let that go. You can still run your business. You can have economic security. You can have a relationship with your roaster because you're an adult working in the business world, but we all need to step up and this is a small way you can do it to spark massive, massive change. So although I'm really tolerant of those things, for me, everything, I'm a pain in the ass. No one wants to come around for dinner. I really don't have any friends. I don't go on a holiday because there are people like, oh, I can't take you on holiday because you're just like paying someone for like some kind of behavior. There'll be some wage inequity or something. I said, but that's what it is. I'm not grumpy or negative. I'm super positive, but like just seeing it all the time, like we have to, we have to take responsibility. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I'll bear that in mind. And next time I talk to a cafe, I'll, I'll do like a, a PS, not too fanatical. <laughs> <laughs> not lying, not club penguin, not too fanatical, maybe. Uh-uh. <laughs> What is it that pisses you off so much about waste and disposable cups that made you want to be, you know, not too fanatical, but a bit fanatical? <laughs> You're great. You can be like my PR person. <laughs> um, so it's a principle. So obviously there's, there's the physical reality of creating something that we don't need and the, the waste stream trail that comes for that. There's the practice of, and even with compostable packaging, which actually really pisses me off because I think that's a bit of a wolf in sheep's clothing of, of the, the land use, the energy use, the transport use, mm. that, the, the, the physical aspects and, that, and that, the aspects that are detrimental to our ecosystems drive me nuts. Mm. But what really drives me nuts mm. is the ethical principle of some companies continuing to make money out of something that they know is not sustainable and branding it as such for us being pacified by decades and decades of this kind of like cultural amnesia about how things used to be and how things can go bad really, really wrongly if we submit to this kind of selfish indulgence that's driven to us by marketing. You need to have this. Um, You are not responsible for yourself. Like being, I I feel like we've had our, in many ways, our decision-making ability has just disappeared in the last sort of 30, 40 years because of advertising and marketing where we're not taking responsibility for actions. We're not feeling that we have to. And for me, that's, that's the crux of pretty much everything that, that's going wonky in our societies from waste issues to uh, gender issues to how we treat our elderly to how we see our kind of like a concept of national pride, everything. It's kind of like ironic. We're, we're now so applauded for being individuals, you know. You are yourself, you're only you. You have the rights to this because you're an individual. But at the same way, our, our individual thought in my mind has just been kind of like, we, we're not taking responsibility. We've, given, we've been given a, like a free pass to just behave pretty much like, like children. 
mm. um, as adults. And that, that's what pisses me off, is like mm. picking it up and chucking it away with no thought because, and we can back that up by saying, don't you shame me for doing mm. that. I'm an individual. I have the right to live how I want to live. And I'm like, no, actually, it's gone past that now. Mm. That's the bit that, that keeps me going and drives me crazy and makes me take on too much stuff, probably. Mm. See, look, now it's made it all moody, right, and heavy. No, no, <laughs> no, I was just thinking, I have two questions, actually, and it's like a fork in the road. Like, which one do I go down? But we'll come to both of them. But one of them is, like, you clearly believe that individuals need to take more responsibility, but you also have a really obvious systemic focus, you know, like big injustices and, and so and so on. So how do you how do you square those two things? You know, like whose responsibility is this? Um, I would I would say it's the it's the hive. It's a hive thing. I, I would like to see individuals take responsibility for their own actions for the good of their species to recognize that your actions affect the other people around you, whether you know them or not, whether they're even born yet, and take responsibility for yourself on behalf of your community. So the fragmentation of kind of, of communities is like another, re another reason in my mind why we're disconnected from our planet, from responsibility for each other. This idea is like, you know, you're not in my direct sight at the moment. You're not something that's on my shopping list, so I don't see you. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, like when when you get into these in these conversations, you 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 learn every time, hey, about how you perceive things and how you think, and every time you engage with someone else, you kind of shift off a little bit. But that idea that the individual needs to take responsibility for themselves as part of a greater whole, I, I don't believe that I'm a precious thing. I know that it's the thing to do, and the memes and the things all about you are enough. I don't believe I'm enough by myself unless I contribute to the benefit of other living things around me. And that's what gives me joy and gives me a feeling of value to, to attain something for myself, be it economic or, you know, I passed this exam or I did this and that. Like, yeah, great, well done. But for me, that doesn't make me feel like I'm, I'm holding my place in history. I'm not, I'm not doing the best by myself mm. unless I impact someone else's life for, for the better. Mm. It's also like an anthropocentric view, isn't it? That like, Oh, us humans, we're the top of the food chain. We get to do what we like. We're in control of nature and, yeah. and it's our privilege and our right to choose the best for ourselves. Yeah, which is, a, a, which is the root of like our, our Western capitalist society, right? Which is still there. We brand it in different names and we have different parties and systems come through. But, but that's been the case now for thousands of years. This is, mm. this is my right. I'm at the top. And it's, it doesn't work. It's not working. It's not mm. working for those in society who don't have the big teeth. And the fact that having the biggest teeth and the loudest voices is, is still valued, mm. I, I find quite frustrating as well, where kindness, emotion, sensitivity is not, uh, spins me out all the time. Mm. I, have, I have discussions at home with my family who come from, they're Londoners, they have, they're sort of like, they're in the sort of property industry. My brother's actually runs a private aviation company, like we're chalk and cheese. They are good humans. They're really good humans. And when it comes down to it, if shit went to custard tomorrow, they would stand and fight. They will share what they have. They will take in anyone. But that is when like things go to shit. On a day-to-day -day basis, they see my, that I'm, I'm driven emotionally for everything they see that as a weakness and, and I'm often I'm often in tears hey at family dinners because mm. when you're dealing with your own family there's a whole load of other stuff that kind of mm. comes in 
But yeah. when I try and say something, you've, you've, you love your wife, you love your children, you've chosen, you've made these emotional decisions that affect the largest proportion of your well-being and your life. But then you can leave home and then you go to work out into interacting with the rest of the world and you discount the very decision-making processes that have put you in, in your home, that what you love to come home to, the support you feel. Is it not time to change that? And, and I, know, I know we can't, every, you know, there's, there's millions and millions of people thinking this same way. But for me, if we can pick like one thing and try and approach that with, I'm coming at this emotionally and I see that as a strength. The reason why I think you should change your packaging or why you should dump your packaging quickly runs through all the things we're talking about too. It's the morally right thing to do to take an emotional approach to protect the place where you live in and the people that you love. And if you can make an action, a physical action today to do that, why wouldn't you? All your reasons, everything you say doesn't add up to me, doesn't add up, doesn't hold more than 10 seconds or because I could make 5% more profit margin this year. Fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah. One thing too, Laura, that really struck us about your social media messaging and that kind of thing is, you know, with, with the rubbish trip, one thing that we're always really conscious of, perhaps overly conscious of, is taking the quote-unquote compassionate approach to mm. environmental change and, and this whole thing that people don't want to be made to feel guilty or like you've always got to put a positive spin on everything. And broadly, we do agree with that, but sometimes it's quite a heavy burden for us to carry because we do actually feel quite like we just want to shake the world you feel the the right yeah yeah you feel that this is a, this is vital and immediate but then you but you're yeah you're compassionate and caring people you don't want to ups, you don't want to upset anyone because you care well about everyone yeah but but one thing that we really like about your social media messaging is you are actually quite upfront and 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 actually for yeah. us seeing it's very cathartic yeah because we do uh, moderate our own messaging you know like we have fantasies of doing behind the scenes skits of what we really want to say to people when they <laughs> ask us the same stupid question for the thousandth yeah. time and we know? call it the rubbish guilt trip instead of the rubbish trip. <laughs> i like it we yeah do that. yeah so we so we think about that but we don't actually do it in practice but like when we see your messaging like sometimes you'll put a picture of a disposable cup up and you'll be like if you've got this this is a shitness badge and here's a reusable cup and this is an unshitness badge and you know something you know we're like looking at the screen like yeah um <laughs> yeah how do you just get past that thing of actually i don't i'm just gonna say it like it is and i'm not gonna you know all this dancing around the issue thing um well i i feel so again i'm 10 right in this scenario mm -hmm. so i go back to being 10 and if i'm 10 i don't know what's right and what's wrong and what's on trend and what is the right way to approach. I don't have like a marketing background. I'm like, I'm 10 years old. And when I'm doing my Instagram, I'm like, I'm 10 years old with a potty mouth who actually doesn't have anything to lose. Because again, this isn't my livelihood. 
I'm not worried. I get some shit in the background. Hey, I get, I get direct messages like, you know, oh, do you think this is the right way to go about it? Rah, rah, rah. How, and again, how dare you shame me? I was out today and I, you made me feel bad when I saw your post. And I was like, well, fuck, if you feel bad, maybe you should look at that. Yeah. Um, any, anyway, so the reason I can do that, and I, I kind of hear you, hey, and, and I'm conscious sometimes of being, of treading on toes. And when I feel like I've actually hurt someone, I'll take something down. If I haven't thought something through, and I'm not aware of everything, I'm not particularly politically correct, but because there are so many people working in the space of cajoling and, and caring and moving with positivity forward to change, I feel that there is a little space for someone like me. If it's confined to coffee cups, pretty much, I feel that there is a space where I can do that without tipping the balance. Uh, if, it, if, it, if everyone were doing this, I think it would be quite frightening and quite an intimidating space. Obviously there's like, a, there's a balance, but I feel, I feel like I'm part of a whole all the time. Like back to the thing about feeling an individual in a community. I always assume that everyone I meet, I can trust. And I always assume that everyone I love loves me back, which makes me a little bit creepy sometimes. But, um, but I, I, I assume that, that I'm a part of what is going on. I trust that if I'm thinking this way, it's the right way to think because I, I know other people have got the other areas kind of covered to try and be the whole shitness badge thing. And I, and I believe in it. I'm not trying to be controversial. I don't plan posts. I don't use Hootsuite. Like something will just come to me or like I'll, I see a product that I should give up. The product thing's different. We might go there in a minute. But, um, mm. but like the shitness, I know that if I get in a lift with someone with a reusable cup and the lift stops, there's a high chance that they won't rob me of my almonds in my pocket, that they'll turn around if I need to pee in the corner. But, <laughs> <laughs> we'll work together, you know, because I know they've made a decision to every morning remember to take this thing with them. And like sometimes it will be like, oh, I prefer it for my coffee. But most of the time it's like, oh, I don't want to be part of a problem. I want to be part of a solution. Mm. And, and, and so I immediately make an assumption about them that, yeah. So I kind of wanted, wanted to put that out there. The thing you're saying about like, like giveaways and I do bits and pieces and stuff, that's something that I struggle with as well because for me with the cafe business, like I'm, I'm number one is like make time to stay. Mm. And again, going back to connecting with your community, churches are kind of, you know, on less than their pubs really. We don't want to promote alcohol and pubs aren't centers of communities like they were in maybe 16th century, wherever it is. So cafes have this, have this huge community hub potential and a lot of them fulfill that. So it's number one, make time to stay. Number two, just repurpose and reuse what you have. Like you've seen my posts. I use a jam jar. And if I get sent stuff from reusable cup companies, I give them away straight away. Um, so, so buying stuff and I always buy at, at retail and I almost always buy from my cafes as well to do giveaways is that's, that's me kind of like, not compromising, but being aware that the majority of people have had generations of kind of like marketing behind them, which makes them think that if something is called little boy blue or nude rose or coconut milk mm -hmm. and it has a design aesthetic it will add to how they perceive themselves other people feel them and will make them feel better about being the person that they are mm -hmm. and I'm like if that's if that's kind of what it takes to get you to not go through you know how many 300 throwaway cups a year then I'll provide you with that but that's always a thing for me too because ideally you can imagine how I'd like the world to be right like I have some cabbages would you like to swap them for some oh. cauliflower yeah mm -hmm. yeah 
rather than, you know, like I want to un undo everything. But so working, working with what we've got. But yeah, so, so calling it out, I feel, is the only integrity that I have. And going back to that thing about how do you make people trust you is like kind of show your colors straight away. No one else does the Instagram posts. Like I don't overthink it. I'm not trying to appeal to any demographic because I'm just really just spewing my stuff. And I work for cafes. So my job is to represent them and get people buying their coffee and applauding them for supporting their choice to reuse. So mm. that's the only thing I keep in mind is how not, and, and also, and my cafes too, the, a lot of baristas I talk to, they don't want to be handing over three, 400 items of landfill yeah. every day. They know the deal with compostable packaging. They know where it really ends up. And, and most of them, the baristas will do their homework. They're pretty aware bunch, right? Most of them are creatives. They kind of look into stuff. So, so a lot of the posts I do will come from a cafe in the background saying to me, someone came in today, they asked for a triple cup to have in because it made their coffee hot. This really fucks me off. Can you call this shit out for me? <laughs> and I'm like, like, yeah, okay, I'll be your dog. Don't bark yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And doing that as well, I think as we've discussed before, Hannah, is, is kind of like what I try and offer when I'm reaching out to other groups, when I'm working at, when I'm trying to reach out to in other institutions that want to cut their waste, is to say like, you, you're constrained either by your shareholders or the people that you represent. I'm not. Bring me in. Give me a door. Like list your cafes in your building with you or in your institution or whatever with me and I'll fight for them and I'll say the things that you can't say. I'm not scared of that. No, I did take the stickers off my car recently, but that's not because I'm, you know, concerned about being, having eggs thrown at my car or anything, but just because, you know, you, you, after a while you do think, oh, maybe I should keep my head down a little bit. If I'm calling this stuff out. <laughs> I mean, have you had any situations where you've made people upset enough that it's not led to good things? I've got some guy, every time I do something about reducing dairy and meat, I've got some guy and I haven't blocked him. I don't know why I haven't blocked him because I figure, you know, if you've got a rage, it's better to let people get it out. Otherwise, I don't know what's going on in his life or his world. But he just sends me the nastiest stuff about how he likes to eat live chickens and shit like that. And, and, just, and just generally kind of gives me shit. And like, first of all, I was like... Uh, I, I won't even tell you some of the stuff that I say back, but I do respond to him and I don't respond to him to antagonize him. And I don't respond like, you know, thank you very much. Lots of love to you and yours to patronize him. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, where's this coming from, man? You know? And, mm -hmm. but that, that happens quite regularly. And I, and I do get, I've, I've had a little bit of a falling out with one of the disposable compostable packaging companies, but mm -hmm. you know, that means you're getting somewhere, right? really interesting that you're coming at it from a different perspective to a lot of other people who are advocating for waste minimization or whatever like us we're really coming at it from the individual consumer side of things and maybe that kind of tailors our approach in some ways but you know you're, you're representing the cafes and stuff as you mentioned and you know a lot of the time we hear um, when we go and speak to a business or something they say things like oh yeah if only the customers would bloody choose the better option or whatever but our customers want this or that you know and so we don't have that experience of the other side whereas you are yeah you're really representing 
the retail side of, of things. Anyway. Yeah, trying to trying to work with that because they're all they're all getting all these all these businesses. They're aware of what they're doing and what they're contributing to. But again, they've they've inherited this system that you know thirty four years ago didn't exist. There's businesses built up around that. Hospitality is super super wasteful. But at the end of the day, they're trying to feed themselves and they're trying to feed their kids and then their employees. Right? They have responsibilities to to keep people coming through the door. Every month I learn something else about HOSPO and how it works and I get more confident about helping them transition to less packaging and, and I've learned more and more lessons from always listening and talking and asking questions and, and, and usually with HOSPO, like I said, baristas are amazing. If you can just get one and say like, what's your issues? What do you think the reasons are why people aren't embracing this? How do you think your boss feels about this? They will just, they know everything. They're amazing. It's like talking to like the housekeepers in a hotel. Mm. Um, and, and they love coffee, right? So they want to see it in a in a nice ceramic cup. There's coffee snobbery. I didn't realize how massive that was either, too. I had to start drinking coffee, which I never did, and which is probably why I'm talking so fucking fast. <laughs> I can never really hold the trail of one thought. But but yeah, the the main thing that I've learned from working with cafes is that they, they're happy to change. They're happy to change if a solution can be given to them. Like they're super, super busy. They're as busy as anyone would be, but then they have to go home and have their real lives as well. So it has to be laid out and it has to be easy and it has to make economic sense. And to do that, it needs to protect their staff, which is usually their priority. And the answer to that in my mind is usually something as simple as a sign, just a sign that says we welcome you to reuse your cup here or we love it when you when you do this action here and keeping staff out the front line. So if they're, you know, not serving disposable cups to have in, just put up a sign on the counter that the staff can point to that says, you know, to protect our one planet home, we're not serving disposable cups anymore. And then if they get any shit, the staff can just go, management, right? What can you do? Yeah. And then they... They have this bond with the customer as humans and the customer are like, oh, you know, I'll cut you some slack. Yeah, you know, I have my coffee here or whatever. And the other thing is to, is to provide a solution. So mug libraries, loan cups, whether they're encouraging people to bring their own or the cafe having like a wall of mugs on hooks or something, or if the cafe is even buying like a brand to work with their particular demographic who, you know, maybe some areas and mugs from the op shop just don't work. And you've got to work with what you've got at the moment, right? So, so yes, providing them with a solution that is as an attractive to the customer as a disposable, they're, they're usually pretty keen. And the media over the last six to 12 months, you guys must have noticed too, has just turned around, like disposable straws, cups, water bottles, totally getting vilified now. I love it. And thank you for the role that you've played in that as well, because all everyone's voices, right, of making it something to be aware of. Mm. Yeah, no, it's pretty yeah. awesome. Also, one thing that... I've been sort of thinking about a little bit more and this is because of a conversation I had with a friend of mine recently. This notion of the customer is always right and this big emphasis on customer service and that kind of thing is actually, it's a little bit of an Anglo-American construct in many ways. I was, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine. So my family hails from southern Italy and this girl had been working in Italy for some time in restaurants and stuff and she also now works in the waste minimization space in New Zealand and she was saying you know like that's one thing I really like about the Italian kind of approach is when you come to my restaurant it doesn't matter what you think I'm the expert my restaurant yeah there isn't this concept that the customer is right the concept is I'm making the best damn pizza or whatever it is and actually, you should be wanting to come here because what I'm making is so awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. If you don't like it, you can just go somewhere else. I don't want your business. And oh, so right. this idea, you know, that like, well, we have to have disposable cups, even though we don't believe in them, because then the customer, you know, it's quite, it's yeah. not. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. And I was having just like our oh, day for yesterday, the same conversation with someone is saying like, I've got to smile all the time. When did that become a thing? And the same thing, if you go, if you go to a cafe in Europe and your waitress is having a hard day, she'll be like, here's your coffee. <laughs> And you'll take it because it's a beautiful espresso and it's made perfectly and you're sitting in like a piazza and wherever it is. And that's all part, you accept that as part of the experience. Your barista is human. With this kind of like dehumanizing, you are here to serve me. You're here to give me what I want. And if I'm a jerk, it's your fault. And you have to smile at the time, even though like you've been up all night with like a sick kid and you had to drive here in the ice today. And I'm asking you to triple cup some piece of shit for me to just throw in the bin two yards outside your cafe or whatever. And, yeah. and it's up to you is it, again it's just it's just bizarre which in my mind comes back to taking personal responsibility for how you contribute to the whole and, and getting away that right of the individual the right of the individual has gone insane obviously in some areas it really needs to be protected and more needs to be done but it just in daily walking around engaging in, in life we the individual in some instances is so empowered that i don't know i just i think it reflects badly on um all kinds of other aspect, aspects of society i feel like that too you i'm sure you guys do when i go somewhere and someone's made me a beautiful meal i just feel really i feel really lucky to be there but you're right it is it is the thing when i go back to see my family in the uk and my brother lives in france you are lucky to get a reservation. You're lucky to get that table. You're honored to be welcomed into someone's establishment and be fed. Mm. And, and your job is to play your role in that relationship, not to start making demands. If you start making demands, they'll assume that you're from one of those other countries. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you do all, that, you do all that invading and stuff, you know? You're one of those entitled ones that just go, yeah, we'll take that. Yeah. Mm. In terms of the next few years, given that these conversations are accelerating a lot, are you hopeful that a phase out of disposable coffee cups is visible on the horizon? Even oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And like, I was, again, talking to someone today, and there's a couple of issues. One's about water refill, access to water, people using the taps. The other one's about plant-based eating. I'm going to say vegan, actually, because that implies compassion as well. And getting rid of single, avoidable single-use products. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's a little bit of a downer. He's from London. He's all wrapped up with Brexit. He's like, oh, yeah, maybe 10 years. I was like, no way. You come back in 18 months' time, two years' time, you see how many cafes we have on our books that are disposable cut-free. One's coming on pretty much every fortnight now we're getting, some, we're getting someone else. The University of Otago is about to go entirely disposable cut-free. Seriously. Wow. So no cut, no throwaway cuts. No, I thought they're rolling out the first three cafes out of eight on the 15th of July and they're kitting up the other five to just kind of follow suit, doing education programs around there, working with the student union, working with community, working with anyone they can, they'll be cut free and they're documenting that whole process. So we'll have something then to send out to every other university in the country saying like, boy, socks up. Yeah. You know, kind of done. And once you have that, you have a student base. You have hundreds and hundreds of thousands 
of people that are now being switched to studying for three years where they're used to not using disposable cups, kicking themselves out with their own, not thinking it weird to borrow a cup, not thinking it weird to get up 15 minutes earlier to take time to drink in. So you're you're creating this base of kind of, you know, of kind of humans that are doing that. Farmers markets, we've got tons of farmers markets that we're working with who are like, no, we really need to do something about our waste stream. Again, accessing parents with children who will be growing up over the next couple of years, seeing their parents borrowing a mug that belonged to someone else, sharing, using, giving, returning, taking responsibility. And once you get stuff like that happening, give it a year, it's exponential, right? Hey, it's just gonna go, it's just gonna go nuts. So that's that's where my confidence comes from, is like seeing not just seeing people's attitudes and these discussions and happening. You and I wouldn't have been talking five years ago. Hey, there wouldn't have been anything to talk about. Mm. We would have been just like a bunch of fanatics. Um, <laughs> but, but seeing that companies that are in this space changing, seeing other products come through, like all the mug swap exchange systems that are just like popping up like daisies all over the place. They wouldn't be happening if there wasn't a, a vibe of intolerance with single use. And I know, and I know there's like, you know, the blue planet thing and beautiful David Attenborough and this whole thing about the shocks, visions on plastics. Um, I, I don't move straight past that. I was like, yeah, plastic, whatever. But single use to me is the word that's more mm. pertinent than, than adding, take the plastic out even. Mm. If it's single use and it's avoidable, stay away from it. And I think that I like that, that I see happening in New Zealand is that we're not getting carried away with the plastic, plastic, plastic thing like they are in Europe, like they are maybe in the States so much. When I talk to my family in the UK, they're like, oh yeah, my plastic this. I was like, yeah, but what about all the other shit you're just using and chucking? Yeah. Over here, it seems to be more of a journey towards avoidable single use, you know, which... Yeah, yeah. I think that's partly because of the zero waste movement, really, because yeah. zero waste is not the same as plastic free. It's yeah. one plastic free is one part of zero waste, but it's more about resource efficiency and it's not efficient to use single use products. Absolutely. And I, I like, like one of the reasons I chose to move here, I'm obviously not from around here originally, is because of its ingenuity and all the things that, that Kiwis are famous for. Wherever you go in the world, there'll be a Kiwi who sat there at the top first, you know, just walked up here just like in, you know, barefoot or whatever. I didn't need to spend five grand on hiking gear. I just thought I'd go. So I went and here I am. <laughs> hey, do you share my bar of whatever it is? <laughs> Carrot chop. <laughs> but also because of like the ge geographical isolation here makes people I think so we're aware that we're cut off, you know, and I don't know that kind of Sarah Connor thing as well. If shit, if shit did goes to custard, I think the Kiwi communities pull together and they're aware of their isolation. So they're aware that, that cutting back on avoidable single use actually has a huge impact. We just took, we'd like, you know, two, three, whatever islands, we've got waste stream issues. We've got economic issues with importing stuff self-sufficiency is just logic it's just common sense here to loan to borrow to reuse what you have is, is common sense on every societal and economic level hey and yeah there's the, i think there's a lot of that a lot of that that makes makes a difference love new zealand <laughs> we love new zealand too yeah. this has just been a really awesome conversation laura it's just so amazing to hear you talk about these things with a really unique angle and we're just so grateful that New York exists and you're really making waves and having such a big impact. So it's just a pleasure to talk with you. Hope I feel like we could talk more and more and more for hours. Yeah.
I think that we probably will. We should probably, like, you know, I should put my year up next to your TP and just be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like, like, thank you so much. And I, and you know, like, over the last few weeks or so, or last months or so since we've been kind of talking, every time I, I meet someone who's had a connection with you guys, it's it always starts off with that immediate trust and that immediate understanding that we're in, on the same kind of mission, which is which is lovely, rather than walking into mm. a room, stranger, anytime I mention either of you guys, they're like, yeah, okay, you're good. And that thing that that happened when that guy brought me a coffee and taste nature, when you were talking mm. then, my shoulders went up and I went all a little bit pink and my right eyes a bit cray. So thank you for always yeah. being really kind as well. Oh, that's no so sweet. At all.